they're finishing up uh, the last bit of that road that is perpendicular to the square in front of the church here. And I have to say the result is amazing. This neighborhood used to have a very bad reputation when I arrived here 15 years ago. It was not my fault. <laughs> it was already it was seen as one of the, uh, let's say, the, the, the problems, problem neighborhoods of, uh, of the country. And so the government allocated special funds to renovate the, uh, the entire area, build new houses, uh, try to mix in uh, different types of population, doing more rental buildings and uh, houses that people could buy. And now this is kind of the final touch of redoing the, the roads. And of course that is uh, that's all helping, let's say, the overall neighborhood. It's also very good for the church here on my right where uh, we celebrate Mass every Sunday. This is the, what they call the Eucharistic Center. It's one of the measures that our bishop had to take uh, because of the lack of priests and the lack also of, of parishioners. <laughs> so uh, every area with, that has multiple churches has at least one church where every Sunday Mass is celebrated and where all the uh, solemnities are, are, are celebrated, where you can receive all the sacraments, etc. And next to this church is our Tridio office. Welcome to another episode of The Walk. And it's a nice day. Temperatures are cooling down. You can tell that this is the end of summer and uh, the trees are gradually turning yellow already, which is very early, but it has to do with the very high temperatures and the drought that we've suffered over the past few months. Um, as everywhere in the world, uh, climate is definitely changing here. And uh, one of the Results is that these trees, and I've been told that this is self-preservation, they're shedding their leaves earlier uh, so that they can conserve, because of course leaves use um, water. And because there's not enough water in the, in the ground, they're trying to get rid of their leaves uh, a bit earlier. So we'll, we'll probably get an early fall, and then hopefully <laughs> winter will be reasonable. Um, also, the, the arrival of the fall is, is putting me in the mood of, of preparing for the next couple of months. This is the, the second season of the year for me in terms of production. And uh, we're also planning ahead for the programs that we're making for Tridio. And uh, it's, it's funny how quickly things evolve and how, how much I'm now not only responsible for my own planning, but also for the organization as such. And uh, uh, the past few months have seen a lot of d developments. We've hired new people. Um, so we now have like four, five, six people in total that we work with on a regular basis. And, uh, and that's only growing. And the, uh, <laughs> the, the lessons that I've learned in the past from my own enthusiastic, over-enthusiastic behavior like every time I had an idea, I wanted to make it happen. Now that we have a, a, a much stronger board uh, and also are working on a more professional level, I'm, I'm also able to help other people, the newer people that are very creative and very, you know, let's go do this, to, to kind of help them plan things ahead. And, and always having a good idea is one thing, but it also has to be feasible and you have to think 
things through before you start it and before you start to promise so that you can always over deliver. <laughs> that is the aim. And the downside of you know, very creative people, and I'm one of those, is that sometimes you want more than you can actually pull off. And then you have to disappoint people, especially if you already communicated uh, your plans. So this morning I spent some time rethinking a project that we worked out uh, last Thursday. We had a brainstorm session. And, uh, and then I sat down with the, the core team, uh, Martin and Inge, and we were just thinking things through. How much time is this going to take? What other projects are on our schedule? And how much money is this going to cost us? And, and very quickly, it was obvious that we had to make changes to that original project um, and simplify it. And then I'm so happy and, and, and really proud that with all the experience from the last couple of years, it's, it's actually quite simple to rethink the original plan and come up with something that is much easier to realize and I think will yield a better result. So that's what I've communicated uh, to the rest of the team. And uh, I, I like the quick turnover of our organization and how fast we can adapt to the possibilities. Very different from the te television company that I work for, where you know that's been around for almost a century. Uh, they have they work with large budgets, but also with a with a very big organization. And so everything you propose has to be planned like a year in advance, and you can't make quick changes. And one of the one of the changes that I'm going to propose uh, concern the online component of my TV show. This is uh, a mission that that was given to me last year, towards the end of the year, where they told me, well, we, we need, we're of course working in traditional media, television and radio, but the higher ups in the organization have given us the order to go explore online communication. So we need to create for your program, uh, my, my, my television program, you need to make an online component. And my first idea was, well, let's do a live show. I love streaming live and it's been something that I've been doing for many years. Even in the, in the early days of podcasting, as soon as it was possible, I started to stream. This is perhaps already 10 years ago. We used uh, a service called Ustream. I'm not even sure that it's still around. And I, I recently found the archives of Ustream back online and I downloaded all the videos. And I'm kind of shocked to see how much the streaming online has changed. And if you look at the quality or the lack thereof of those early streams, it's amazing how far we've come in just a few years. So the, 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 the screen size of those streams was tiny. I think it was like 320 times 480. So no, not even. It's not even 640 times 480. I think it was half of that. So very low resolution. Of course, bandwidth was limited. We didn't have fiber uh, back then. And also the streaming service of Ustream was very limited in capacity. And so those streams were very small, very low res. Um, And it's basically filmed with a simple uh, webcam, a very cheap webcam, and it looks horrible. <laughs> But uh, it's still fun to, to realize that that was only, what is it? Well, 
six, seven years ago, I think, when I was Ustreaming, perhaps even longer. There was, the, the dynamics have remained the same. You basically sit there and, and you talk and people can comment. Nowadays, with, Ustream, uh, with YouTube and streaming on uh, platforms like Twitch and uh, Mixer is a new gaming platform that Microsoft is developing and that is trying to steal some of the thunder of, uh, of Twitch. Uh, the capabilities of doing high-quality live streams is uh, that rival television quality and sometimes are even better. I mean, I know people that are streaming in 4K, 60 frames per second. That's insane. <laughs> uh, just a couple of years ago, if you told me that that would be happening, wow, this is a weird plant with lots of purple fruit on it. But something tells me that this is not edible. I've never seen this plant before. Wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> I will not try to make jam of that stuff because I, I intend to live a little bit longer. But, um, but it's incredible what you, can, what you can do nowadays. And so my initial idea for the, when they came with this uh, uh, order, basically, like you have to create an online component and we even had to generate um, a budget for it by trying to get take some budget from the TV the production of the TV show and and I divert it to the online component I was thinking streaming let's do streaming that's what I know and love and I maybe people after having seen the, the show on t TV they'll like to chat a little bit about the program and I'll just sit there and instead of doing that with a webcam behind my desk let's build a nice set well you may have seen the pictures back then and it looks really nice well lit but it was a total disaster nobody was watching one of the reasons i think is because we were streaming right after the show on tv the show started at um around half past four so after that people are going at least in the netherlands people eat early they go and cook or they go out for shopping and they're no longer uh available for a live stream so that completely failed um, another reason is that my audience is a what a somewhat older audience the tv audience that is and and not everyone is uh, uh, familiar with facebook or is active on facebook let alone youtube and so we were trying to live stream on facebook and you don't you just don't reach an audience that that is familiar with this kind of programming and so this morning I was rethinking that and what I want to do now is to create what the, the purpose, because that's what I asked, why would you do an online component? What is your goal? What is your target audience? They had no idea. They didn't tell me at all. <laughs> so that's up to you to find out. And I think it's super important. This is one of the problems that traditional media sometimes has with these new forms of media they kind of see it as a, almost as a side thing that they need to do because, well, everyone is doing it, so let's... But they're not taking it seriously. They, what we Normally for, for any program on national TV or radio, you'd sit down, write a plan, think about your, your uh, audience, um, you would set goals, you would work out a format, etc. You would take it very seriously. With this, it was just an afterthought. It's like, oh, let's put some equipment there, let's build a set, and then... Well, just do your thing and, <laughs> and and then of course it doesn't work. I was not surprised that uh, 
that, and, and, and in a way, it's, it's a pilot project, so it's not a problem that it didn't work. But what, I, what would be a problem is if we would continue this without rethinking the strategy. So what, I, what I've come up with, and I, for, I still need to discuss this, of course, with the people involved, the, my goal is to create community around the television program, and that's much easier to do on social media than via traditional media. You can't basically chat with your audience on, on TV. You may be able to do that in some radio programming, but even that is very limited. But uh, on internet, that's kind of the core business of social media, is to be social. So, And then strengthening an audience uh, on a social level around uh, traditional programming helps that audience to eventually move towards social media and, and on-demand media for in, instead of you know, the, using their traditional TV set. So it is definitely the way to go for the future, but it's not something that you can accomplish by just sitting there behind a table and chatting for about 30 minutes, talking into a camera with almost no reaction from the people in the chat. It's very different from my experiences with Lego, where, and that's of course because I have a large audience already for my YouTube channel. I mean, I've gotten 16,000 plus followers on YouTube. But even with that large amount of people following me, um, only a handful will engage in the chat. Now, usually those, those live videos will be seen by, I don't know, two, 300 people. And of course, it's something that I've just recently started to do. Um, so, but at least you have a couple of hundred people that are engaged and there's a lot of chatter going on while I'm streaming and so you always have a conversation. That's not the same with the TV show where we, on Facebook we have a little bit more than a thousand followers I think and most of them are not constantly monitoring their uh, social media platforms and so you would get, I don't know, five, ten people max watching and almost no interaction, which of course is also killing if you try to have a conversation and nobody seems to be there, then you end up just with a huge monologue. Well, that's a loud car. Oh, those young people with their loud music. Ugh, noise pollution in the neighborhood. Why don't they play classical music? All right, I'm just getting old. <laughs> anyway, so the... Um, by the way, I'm on my way to the post office for, to pick up uh, Oh, wait a minute, I can't, well, no, I can, I can. I thought it was only after 4 p.m. that I could pick this up. There's a parcel for me in the post, and I think it's the, um, the night bus from Harry Potter. <laughs> you know, that purple triple-decker uh, that roams the street of London by night, picking up lost wizards and uh, I was able to uh, get that set at a reduced price and it's going to be a lovely addition to my main living room. It's going into the Harry Potter decoration of my board game room because the living room is now officially a board game room. Just uh, Saturday, was it Saturday? Yeah, it was Saturday. Uh, my friends came over to my place and we played Madara, which is a really cool board game. Very complicated, long board game. I think it's like the basic game takes about 90 hours, 90 plus hours, but it's a lot of fun. And I have a very big table there 
at the end of the table is Hogwarts Castle against the wall. I put some LED lighting behind it, so it looks really, really cool. And then the, 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 the castle itself is surrounded by bookshelves. And uh, I've tried to make that look as a Harry Potter um, bookshelf or a, a, a wall almost. I, I intend to do the same with the Hobbit room upstairs or maybe just a, a hobbit corner in the same room. I'm still kind of debating on how to do that. But anyway, that, I digress, digress. Uh, do, what, what I want is to create a much more personal social bond. But in order to do that, you have to also have a social environment in front of the camera. And that is the problem. If it's just me talking into the lens, it doesn't give you the feel that that, that, that is a place to go because it's just basically me blabbing. And for a podcast, <laughs> that is fine because you can do other stuff while listening to me. But imagine if this were a video and the only thing you would see is me, my face on camera and then a little bit of the environment where I'm walking. You'd probably watch that for one minute and then you'll just listen to the audio anyway. Uh, so what I've come up with is why don't we create a uh, like a table setting the, the the set is there and the background it looks nice the lighting is good but then we will just turn the table the table was kind of uh, vertically aimed at the camera so it creates space visually you know we've got these long lines of that long beautiful table this wooden table but it also feels very lonely <laughs> it's just me at the end of this long table and um, so i i turned it about 30%. So now it's slanted and then that creates the like the long side of the table. You can put two chairs there, still have the same background and you can have two people sitting at that table. That's what I want to do. I want to create a show where I have like uh, maybe what I want to propose is that uh, Mariolaine, who is also our presenter for the Catholic channel that we make in the, in the Netherlands, that she joins me at the table, that together we will do like an update, like a weekly update about uh, Pope Francis and the Vatican. That's always been a, an ingredient of my TV show. And that then there would be an, a guest about a certain topic. Like for instance, I, I would love to do, and I had planned originally to do a series about Laudato Si, which if you remember was the encyclical letter that Pope Francis wrote about the environment, about our, our duty to preserve um, God's creation, not just for ourselves, but also for future generations, and to take care of the environment because of its impact, especially on the poor, which is exactly what we, we see happening right now, these, these big climate changes. Here's the shopping center, so it's a bit busier here traffic-wise. Uh, these big climate changes immediately impact uh, Africa, uh, the northern parts of the world. I mean, all the gletchers melting and the, 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 the northern ice disappearing. It, it has consequences that we can barely uh, uh, comprehend right now. So I wanted to do a series about that because it's part of our, of our teachings, of the Catholic teachings of, you know, the, 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 we're not just, um, we don't just have uh, responsibilities towards our culture and society, but also towards the environment. It's an integral part of the human existence. And uh, the Catholic Church has a lot of important things to say about that. But then I'm thinking, well, one of the guests 
that would be part of that conversation at the table could be focusing on that. And then you create these episodes that are very focused. It's not a general discussion. It's one topic, one guest, and a news update. And I think that will be so much more interesting to look at than just me sitting at a table, basically a podcast with video. That is not the most enticing uh, video content. So I I've kind of worked that out. And I think what, what I need to do now, that's the next step, is to pitch that. I have to talk about it with the board, although there are no financial consequences. This can all be done within the budget that we have. Um, and I have to speak to the broadcasting company and see if they're in for, for this collaboration. But I think it will benefit both our organizations. It would help me uh, get a broader audience for the, the kind of content that I want to make. But it also helps the broadcasting company because of this this uh, cross promotion and also like a guest for instance if you invite guests that have a large audience already they can bring that audience to to the show and because you have a new guest every week that will help you to expand whereas i ha just have my current audience and i know that that is not a very interesting audience for social media but by myself i cannot bring in more people just <laughs> by, by my charism. What I need is good content that is unique and that is interesting and adds value. Like for instance, uh, an update on what's happening in the Vatican and Pope Francis, that's hard to find in the Netherlands. And so that could be something that is valuable enough for people to go check it out every week, plus a good conversation with an interesting guest. Um, so once the pitch is done and I'll have to do that this week probably already because time is ticking very quickly um, then I'll, I'll, I'll try to uh, start doing that probably in the last week of August that's almost next week but we have to get going because the television season starts on the 3rd of September if I'm not mistaken which also has consequences for the rest of my work as you know I'm working on the, editing the the Ireland episode and it I'm super excited about it. I think you're gonna love it. That is, if you're a patron, because this is a, a production that I'm making as a thank you for my, for my patrons. Um, and I also have for, the, for this first month, there are two episodes about this uh, procession, this religious procession in bergen op zoom which is visually amazing, but I still have to check whether um, the, uh, everything is, is in place and maybe it needs some voiceovers and definitely needs to, uh, a, pre a presentation thing that I still need to film. There's one episode about, uh, well maybe the Ireland episode, I may squeeze that in instead of another episode that I was, or was originally planned for September. Um, and, then, uh, and then there's one episode from Rome which is also still unedited. I'm still kind of on the fence whether to edit that myself because that's kind of the hardest one to edit because I, I interviewed two people and they have to kind of be uh, thematically mixed into one TV episode. It's not something that you just dump with an editor and, well, you know, just follow the lead of the story and now it'll probably need a lot of guidance. On the other hand, our, one of our editors is already back from vacation and is waiting for work, so why would I do that myself if I have so much other stuff on my hands? So um, I'll, I'll make a decision about that later this, uh, this week. And um, what I've also noticed 
is that I, I need to make a change in, my, in the way that I organize my week. Normally, I've, I've shared with you that I was uh, limiting the amount of hours that I spend on media production. And for the simple reason that I had a tendency to always work more hours than required and then would be healthy. So I would, make, I would have easily weeks of 50 plus hours and uh, that is in its, itself not a problem, but there is so much other stuff going on. We have the situation with my father. There is, and also, and I, re, I realize this more and more after I visited um, Father Theo in France and I looked at the way he lives his life, his life of, of, that is really um, organized by, by, the, by prayer. That is his main, I mean, he does clean the church. He needs to clean, do the laundry and go get groceries. And that takes up a lot of his time. But the, the primary um, organizing aspect of his life, time-wise, is prayer. And I noticed how much that was a breath of fresh air and how, how much actually I've been longing for a life that has more of that. But you can only pray more if you create time and I can't create out of nothing I'm not God <laughs> so I have to if I want to create more uh, a, a more prayerful lifestyle I need to cut down on the amount of work that I do that's why I decided to work uh, fewer hours I work uh, about eight hours this is on paper of course it's theory but I work about eight hours in um, for the parish mostly concentrated in the weekends, various masses and celebrations. And then I, um, the rest of the time, which is uh, 32 hours, would normally be spent creating media. So what I came up with was I work on Monday and on Thursday, a full day, eight hours. And then on Tuesday, I only work half a day. So that would be two and a half days. Um, in total, what is it, it's 20 hours, right? So, and then I would invest the extra time into, uh, into, into uh, prayer, um, creating space in my life, time to study, time to read. All that never really was part of my lifestyle because there was no time. There was never time to read a book. There was hardly any time to work out, to go for a run, to walk. I mean, I always had to do that in the lost hours or wake up super early. All that kind of changed it around and I kind of made the, huh, the commitment that if the media production would take more energy, I would outsource it. And also kind of relying on on God's providence that if he wants me to live a different type of life and slow down in my lifestyle um, that he would also create the means give me the means to do that and so it, it also changes kind of the economics of how I work it's not necessarily my my, my job is not to edit it I can do that I'm I'm good at it but it takes an extraordinary amount of time and it's not in in balance with the other things that I that I, I'm uniquely good at, which is interviewing, it's filming, it's uh, the creative stuff, Lego videos, uh, animations, all that. 
that is where my heart is. Podcasting in a certain way also. But that's where I need to focus because no one else can do that for me. And so it means outsourcing more, trying to rebalance the budget so that that is possible. So that is, um, but then I noticed that Monday, I was, I, in, my, in theory again, would be a great day to edit an episode. You know, eight hours. Well, that's not how it works because on Monday, I come at the office, Inge is there, Martin is there. We all kind of evaluate how was your weekend and we look ahead at the, at the week. And then my head is so full of ideas that I'm super distracted afterwards and I can't sit down and work as I'm like, but, but, but I need to do this, I need to do that. And, and so I've realized that Monday is basically a lost day for concentration. What I decided to do this morning, I made that decision, I'm gonna change. I will only work half a day on Monday and I'll start with the, the, the team uh, evaluation and looking ahead and planning. Then I kind of work out the follow-ups because of the, a team meeting always has follow-up action points for me and for the rest of the team. And then I do my podcast and that's it. And then I have lunch and then I'm, I'm free. And then on Tuesday, that's going to be my editing day or my production day or whatever. If I want to go film, if I want to go edit that day, I don't go upstairs. I don't talk with the rest of the team. I just sit and focus. And to have eight hours of concentrated work time for me is vital. And I don't want to be disturbed. I'm not going to look at email. I'm turning off the telephone because I know that once I'm in the zone and I, I have that with a lot of things that I do, whether it's running or, or editing or filming Lego animations, if I'm in the zone, I'm super productive. But the moment I get distracted, the moment my mind has to tackle all sorts of day-to-day -day problems, that's where the productivity and the efficiency goes down the drain. So I'm just going to do that and see how it works out. And then on Thursday, on Wednesday, I'm still taking the day off. One of the most important things that I need to do during that time off right now is to work on my health. Um, I've just finished, of course, the big walking event. Um, so I'm, I'm good, I'm fit, but I'm too heavy. <laughs> and I definitely am out of shape when it comes to running. I try to run uh, a little bit, but um, I need to spend more time and, and be more consistent in running. So that's what I'm going to do. Focus more on getting healthy on, on Wednesdays. Going to bed in time, that's another thing when there are so many things in my mind. I, and, I, and we have these busy days full of meetings and there's a lot at stake. I tend to sleep, uh, to go to bed too, too late because I feel that I need to relax. I can't just, so I watch a movie or a, or a TV show and I go to bed too late. I wake up uh, groggy and tired and that too is just detrimental to my health. So I want to kind of go back to focusing on health, uh, running again, start training for a new marathon. And uh, that will benefit, I know that from experience, that will benefit all my other creative work as well. Uh, and then on Thursdays, we'll just have a day at the office and that will be mostly production together with other people. So it's either filming elsewhere, and I may switch that from time to time with Fridays, if Friday's a better day for so this week, I have to go to Friesland, all the way in the north of the country. I'm gonna film, <laughs> it's gonna be 
quite a challenge. I'm going to film a Christmas episode at the end of summertime. So there is this uh, lady that I met and already interviewed for uh, the episode that I made during those, the, the walk of the world, those four days of walking. So she walked for, uh, for charity, but she also has a, a small homegrown, uh, what you call it, um, studio to make nativity sets. And she, has, she told me that she had had an order to create a Napolitan, like an Italian style nativity diorama for, uh, for an event in December in, in uh, the south of the country. And she has been working for months to create this massive diorama telling the story of the nativity. Uh, she's a, she's a, a parishioner herself, uh, her faith is important to her, and she is a great talker. She has, she's got a sense of humor, she's very uh, practical and super creative. So I was like, hey, since you're working on that diorama for Christmas, I can go film that and that'll be my Christmas episode. So this Friday, I'll try to create the atmosphere of Christmas in December. But at the same time, I've heard on the news that it's going to be a very warm summer day <laughs> with high temperatures. So visually, that's going to be a challenge to not, not show too much that this was filmed in the summertime. One big advantage is everything she makes is indoors. So she created a ton of little houses and, and scenes with biblical moments from the nativity story. So there will be plenty of visual material that's inside and it's kind of timeless. So, uh, and then I'll just have to come up with some other tricks to make it seem that this was done in the winter. And that, that was also uh, what I did last year where I, when I filmed the Christmas episodes. Um, I think it was early November. It was still very warm outside. And uh, I interviewed, among other people, the new bishop of the Southern Diocese even before he was ordained but I knew that if the if the show would air he would already be the bishop and I had to film things outside as well and and so we decided to it was kind of an overcast day fortunately for us so uh, we decided Hugo was with us as a cameraman and I put on my winter coat I've got this woolen warm heavy winter coat and I walked down those streets and it, I was sweating so much. It was so warm. It was like, I don't know, 20 degrees Celsius. And then later on in post-production, we kind of uh, turned the color palette a little bit to the bluish side. And so when you see it on screen, it really feels, and then there's Christmas music in the background. It feels like it's in the middle of winter and it's cold outside. <laughs> Why we were there is like, man, I don't even need a coat here, let alone a winter coat. It's all part of the kind of the magic of uh, and the, the smoke and mirrors of television production. So on Thursday or on Friday, that, that, that will be doing what I do best and what I love doing and it's filming. And then on Friday, I may sometimes work a little bit in the morning. But, and sometimes not. Sometimes I'll just take some extra time to read a book or to study or, or clean the house. It's one of the things I, I have to do all the chores myself, of course. So, uh, or administration, let's not forget about that. Email, answering email. If I would do that on Monday, I wouldn't even be recording a show right now. Um, and so I also want to 
kind of confine that to a specific time during the week and a Friday morning seems excellent for administration, financial stuff, answering emails and letters, and then Saturday, Sundays for the parish. So that's kind of, uh, those are my plans for the next couple of months. And I'm now going to pick up the uh, purple triple dicker from Harry Potter, uh, and then I'll be heading back to the studio to record my weekly show. All right, thank you for listening. And again, if you want to support me in my work, check out patreon.com slash fatherodrick. My patrons get a, a, an extra podcast every week and also will get access to these productions, video productions like the documentary about Ireland. So patreon.com slash fatherodrick. Father Thanks for your time. Thanks for your support. And we'll talk soon. God bless.